Do you want to make your own podcast? I would highly suggest Anchor. Anchor is a free website and app that lets you record your podcast from anywhere at any time. You can record in your car, you can record on a train, you can even just record in your home. Uh, And with Anchor, you can also cut out parts uh, of your podcast because you can also edit your episodes inside of the Anchor app or a website. And also, you can add music that is non-copyrighted, so uh, you can just add sounds or music to your episodes um, that, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, the episodes being uh, copyright striked or anything like that. Um, And then Anchor can also distribute your podcast for free. That's right, for free. You can can distribute it to Spotify, which most people are listening to uh, right now, Uh, and you can basically uh distribute to any podcast app or website um that you can imagine basically so if you do want to get started uh you can use the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm again you can go to the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm and tell them high scores podcast sent you now back to the episode and welcome back to the episode uh so first we're gonna be going over uh the week one overview uh, for the NBA because I wasn't able to make a video last week uh, talking about some of my uh, pr- uh, preseason predictions, uh, early predictions for the season. So I'm just going to be talking about uh, what happened overall week one and also uh, some NFL news that's been happening over the past two weeks. So now the first takeaway uh, from this week in the NBA, the Knicks, um, the Knicks are looking like a really good team. Uh, the Knicks just coming off of a playoff series loss against the Hawks last year, and that hurt them a lot. Um, and, you know, the Knicks just didn't really look that good in that series. Um, and it, now it looks like the Knicks have gone back to their regular season form uh, with beating the Celtics 138-134. to um, And that was in double overtime. That was a really good game. Uh Julius Randle did his thing. Evan Fournier, new, he's a new Nick, and he's been doing really good. R.J. Barrett, uh, he was doing pretty bad at the beginning, but kind of made comeback, and he's doing good. Um, and then also Obi Toppin, who is coming into his second year in the league, and he did really solid in this game. Now, if you're a Celtics fan watching this, I wouldn't be too worried about the first game. They did uh, end up losing pretty big uh, in their second game. Uh, against the Hawks, I believe, or uh, Raptors, sorry, the Raptors, they lost against the Raptors uh, for their second game, and that one didn't look too good, they only scored uh, 80 points to about 130, so uh, Celtics, Celtics look a little bit down this year, maybe they're just trying to uh, get back in the groove of things, because uh, last season, uh, near the end of the year, they weren't really doing good, um, and then also in the playoffs, they just didn't really look good against the Nets, so uh, maybe the maybe the Celtics are falling down here. They're just trying to find their groove again. But a really good game by the Knicks, and so far it looks like the Celtics really need uh, help on trying to find uh, where to play, especially now that they don't have their old head coach. Um, so I think they're really just trying to find their ident- identity here. Uh, but it is really early on in the season. And next takeaway I have uh, from the opener, uh, LaMelo Ball is really good this season. Uh, Last year, he's coming off of a rookie of the season year. Um, And then 
Uh, many people kind of doubt him this year, thinking that he could just be a one-year wonder, but he comes back and almost gets a triple-double uh, in a pretty close win against the Indiana Pacers, 123-122. to uh, LaMelo Ball had 31 points, 9 rebounds, uh, 7 assists, and 2 steals, which was really good. Um, and uh, he kind of orchestrated this third quarter comeback that they had. They were able to get that comeback and kind of capitalize on it. But it was a really close game. Uh, P.J. Washington also did really good in uh, making some free throws at the end of the game. Uh, but I think LaMelo Ball here is going to be a face of the franchise, or at least the Hornets franchise. Uh, for a long time now, especially him, uh, PJ Washington and, uh, Bridges. They all look really good, um, on the, they're playing well with the ball. They're, you know, they're passing the ball around, playmaking. Uh, overall, I think the Hornets are a team to watch out for here in the playoffs. Even though it is early, I do think the Hornets are a playoff caliber team. Uh, next takeaway that I have, uh, is regarding, uh, John Morant. Uh, so John Morant, uh, you know, he's been doing really good. Uh, he finished, uh, a pretty good game against the, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, he had 37.6 rebounds and six assists. And he, he did really good on both defense and offense. Uh, and for a while now, he's been showing that he's a really good player. And I think this just even more, uh, highlights why he is a really good player. Uh, he's able to play on the ball, uh, both on defense and on offense. He's able to make plays on either side of the ball. Um, he got a block on Laurie Markinen and then was able to go down and score. So, uh, John Morant is a player, uh, to watch here. And he, I mean, I think it's a little too soon to say he's MVP, which I've been seeing. Uh, but I think John Morant is definitely up there, or now he's definitely up there, I think, uh, with Luka Doncic and, uh, Trey Young, I think. I think he's kind of slept on with those two. Uh, like Luka Doncic, uh, has really high praise, and Trey Young has really high praise. I think John Morant also has high praise, but he's not, uh, held at the same level as they are, and I think he should be with his, uh, I mean, he's basically carrying the Grizzlies, uh, and he's doing well on both defense and offense. He's a good two-way player. He kind of reminds me of Jimmy Butler in his prime, so I think John Moran does, uh, you know, need some more recognition. Uh, but he's really good this season uh, so far, I think. Now, next takeaway I have from opening week, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think, have a really good young team. Uh, they have Anthony Edwards, who they just drafted last year, who came in second place in, uh, Rookie of the Year votes, only behind LaMelo Ball, so, uh, and I think Anthony Edwards is a really good player, I just think, uh, like, a minute, if he wasn't in Minnesota, he would have a bigger market, and, uh, I feel like he'd be highlighted a lot more than LaMelo Ball, but, uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards does look like a really good player. Um, and then also pair that with Carl Anthony Towns, who's also a pretty young player. I mean, he's been in the league long enough to, you know, know the ropes, but he's really young player still. He's a young center. Uh, they, I believe they both combined for 59 points and 16 rebounds. So, uh, they're a really good team. And I think, uh, if they kind of build it around this duo of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, I think, uh, they'll have a team that could make it to the playoffs. Uh, now my next takeaway is 
uh, regarding Zach Levine and the Bulls. Uh, so Zach Levine had a really good game. Uh, let me see his stats. He had 34 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists, uh, which was crazy. I believe he had like a 20-point uh, first half. So he was hard to contain. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, but they are really good against my Pistons, uh, and, uh, Zach Levine, really great player, uh, last year, I think, uh, he was, he was one of the main reasons why the Bulls won as many games as they did, if they didn't have Zach Levine, I don't think, uh, you know, they would be as high, I think they'd be a really high lottery pick, uh, but, uh, the, with the addition of DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Alex Caruso, uh, they were really good, uh, DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso um, were both scoring on the ball. Alonzo uh, Ball and Alex Caruso, uh, they had some chemistry, uh, I believe, from the Lakers days. So, you know, they're kind of reigniting that uh, now with the Bulls. And I think Zach Levine now finally has a c- complete team in Chicago. Um, and I think he's going to continue with this team, uh, maybe add some more role players. Definitely the loss of Laurie Markkinen does hurt them. Uh, but I think if they do have more depth on that bench, they could be a team to watch out for in the playoffs. So my next takeaway from uh, this week in the NBA, Harrison Barnes uh, has set a new career high for himself with 36 points in a really close victory over the Portland Trailblazers, 124-121. to 121. Uh, And that was a really good game to watch. Um, and I think the Kings are finally getting together a team uh, that's, uh, able to, you know, score some points. They have young players paired with, uh, experienced veterans. Um, uh, and that's, I think, is gonna really help De'Aaron Fox and Rashawn Holmes, who are some, or who are two, uh, I think, really young players that are really good, uh, and the Kings really need them to stay with the organization. So, I think, uh, if they build, uh, with them, if they build with them, uh, I think the Kings could have a really good team on their hands. Definitely not playoff caliber yet, but I think in a few years, uh, the Kings will have a really good roster. Now moving on to some more NFL news. Whitney Merciless has uh, signed with the Packers, and this will definitely help the Packers. Uh, now that they just signed Jalen Smith, uh, who is a pretty young player, getting Whitney Merciless, a veteran, uh, to teach him uh, you know, some of the linebacker tips, I guess. Uh, Whitney Merciless is a pretty good signing for the Packers. Uh, they do need a little, a uh, little help on the defense, um, especially at the cornerback position, but, you know, stacking up on the linebacker position, uh, is definitely gonna help the Packers because they are really lacking in that area. So, uh, if, cause if Zadarius Smith goes down there, uh, you know, they don't really have much in depth. So, uh, Whitney Merciless, some more depth for them. Uh, really good pickup, I think. So some of Whitney Merciless's stats. He has two interceptions, uh, one fumble, uh, nine fumble recoveries, um, 57 sacks, 357 combined tackles, and 115 QB hits. Okay, some more news surrounding the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start against the Colts because of Trey Lance's knee strain uh, that he had last week. Um, and I think this was a smart decision by the 49ers. Um, you have both of your in- er, quarterbacks partially injured, um, and I'd go with the healthy one in this case, and that would be Jimmy Garoppolo. And I did predict the Colts to win that matchup. 
uh, just because of that defensive matchup is not, uh, that's not going to favor the 49ers, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, Jim Garoppolo, good decision by the 49ers, but I don't think that's going to win them the game against the Colts. Uh, now, last week and earlier this week, there has been some speculation uh, regarding the Texans and Dolphins working out a trade uh, for Deshaun Watson, and I've heard that Tua could possibly be in this trade, uh, and if you told me at the beginning of the year uh, that Tua is going to be involved in this trade, um, I mean, I don't really think he would have been, but I think now with the decline of Tua's uh, production, they're definitely looking for a new quarterback, um, and Deshaun Watson kind of fits that, even though he does have some off-the-field issues. Uh, you know, if you're looking at it from a player perspective, this uh, would be a really nice pickup for the Dolphins, uh, but they could lose money from this one, which could cause most uh, most GMs and uh, teams to kind of look away from Deshaun Watson. So this does leave room for the Dolphins and Texans to work out a trade here. I definitely think Tua is going to be a part of this trade and maybe maybe a swap of picks. Uh, but I think definitely if this does go through, the Dolphins could could very well have a playoff team or uh, maybe not, mainly because of some of their defensive issues and also some of their weapons on offense have been injured. So uh, they really haven't been able to produce much on offense. So uh, I'm not sure if this trade is going to go through at all. Uh, most likely it will not uh, this week. Uh, maybe in the off season next year or uh, by the trade deadline, uh, which is in two weeks, I believe, or a week. So uh, who knows what's going to happen there, but uh, definitely a pretty big trade if it does go through. Now, talking about trades, I do have some players that uh, could be traded but um, before the trade deadline, I believe, which is before week eight. Um, so with my first player being Xavier Howard coming from the Dolphins, uh, he requested a trade uh, earlier this season. Um, then that kind of got fixed. Um, and now it's kind of looking like he wants to be traded again. And also just the Dolphins defense isn't really playing that as that at that high of a level as they were last season. Um, so I think some potential trading spots for Xavier Howard could be the 49ers or Bengals. Now, definitely uh, for this trade, I think Xavier Howard will need to uh, be picked up at, uh, you know, it would probably be at a high, a high, really, a really high price. I think uh, he's coming off of a defensive uh, player of the year caliber season. Uh, which was last year, and I mean, he saw, you know, kind of a decline, but I do think the Dolphins could really capitalize off of the hype of his name, and they could take, they could really take a really good first round pick, um, maybe a fifth round pick as well, um, maybe a player, I'm not really too sure, uh, but uh, for Xavier Howard with the 49ers, that would be a pretty good fit because uh, the 49ers are kind of low in the defensive back depth um, and they haven't really been playing well in the secondary. So ha getting Xavier Howard would be really good for them. Um, and looking at it from the Bengals perspective, definitely getting Xavier Howard will boost them up, I think, in my opinion, to a playoff caliber team. I mean, they already have Jesse Bates as a safety um, and they don't really have many defensive backs uh, to kind of back up Jesse Bates. So now that you have Xavier Howard, 
that kind of alleviates the pressure on Jesse Bates. Um, and you can have two really good defensive players on uh, separate sides of the field. Um, and you could definitely spread the field with that if you are the Bengals. So it, I think the this trade uh, for Xavier Howard will definitely favor the Bengals more uh, than it will the 49ers. So I do see the Bengals kind of going aggressive here and trying to pick up Xavier Howard. Uh, so another target that could be traded uh, before the trade deadline is Brandon Cooks. Now Brandon Cooks, he's kind of at the end of his career, and he's uh, he's currently playing for the Texans. So uh, and he's he's been doing really good uh, earlier on in the season. He was one of the receiving yard leaders. Um, and I think him and Tyrod Taylor had a really good connection in the beginning of the season. But I do think Brandon Cooks does need to be traded here. Um, and he's a really good number two, um, you know, option, I think, in my opinion. Uh, so the two teams that I have him going to are, uh, either the Browns or the Chargers. Now looking at it from the Browns perspective, if you do get Brandon Cooks, that definitely helps you out. Uh, maybe you could be even a, a number three receiver because you have Odell, who's, uh, pretty injury prone, as we saw. Uh, you know, he was out earlier on in the season. And then you have Jarvis Landry, who uh, is was out, you know, prior or a little bit after uh, Odell came back in. So uh, that definitely hurt them. I mean, they have def- uh, they have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a really good wide receiver coming out of Michigan. Uh, this is his third year, I believe. Um, uh, so I think getting Brandon Cooks would definitely help the Browns offense get uh, Case Keenum or uh, Baker Mayfield some uh, better targets, um, and I think the Browns could definitely uh, really use Brandon Cooks for their offense. Now, looking at it from the Chargers' perspective, uh, the Chargers have two really good wide receivers in uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So, if they do get Brandon Cooks, I think he'll be a number another number three option uh, on a team, and he'd definitely help Justin Herbert with you know getting some. Uh, across the field, uh, short passes, and I think Brandon Cooks, you know, his speed uh, really helps him out here. But I think the Chargers are a really fast team. They're a young team, uh, so Brandon Cooks definitely could help them uh, with some veteran presence there. Uh, so I think both of these teams, Brandon Cooks could definitely help out uh, a lot. I'm not really, I'm not too sure what team he could uh, improve the most. But if I were to pick to, uh, which team to be more aggressive on getting Brandon Cooks, it would be the Chargers, mainly because of uh, how well their how well their team is. I think they just need another receiver, and they could definitely be Super Bowl bound. Uh, that could be an overreaction, but the Chargers are looking really hot right now. Especially, I mean, uh, even though they did lose to the Ravens really bad uh, last week, I think you know getting another. Uh, definitely another weapon for Justin Herbert will definitely bolster their offense um, and, you know, bolster their team up to even a higher ranking in the playoffs. Now, the next piece that could be traded uh, before the uh, trade deadline is Fletcher Cox. Now, Fletcher Cox is only 30 years old, so uh, he does have a lot of time in the league, but uh, he has seen a kind of a decline here after the Eagles won a Super Bowl um, and that's kind of the entire Eagles team they kind of reached a decline after the Super Bowl uh, so 
I definitely see the Eagles trying to rebuild here, rebuild the defense. Um, and first piece would definitely be Fletcher Cox. Now the two spots I have him going to are the Raiders or the Browns. Now I have the Raiders as one of the landing spots because that Raiders defensive line is really young. Again, they need uh, you know another veteran could be nice. And also Fletcher Cox isn't uh, that bad of a defensive lineman. He's really good in the interior. I think the Raiders really need help in the interior, uh, especially against the run defense. So, because uh, they have Max Crosby on the end, uh, Denzel Perryman at linebacker, uh, who sometimes rushes. Uh, I think they have a really good defensive line. So, you know, getting Fletcher Cox would definitely uh, improve their defensive line um, and definitely improve Fletcher Cox's career, I think. Um, and could improve the Raiders' defense um, because their defense is really good as it is. I think getting another good defensive player would be really good for the Raiders. Also, their offense looks really good. I think if they get Fletcher Cox, this could help the team a lot and could help possibly help them uh, win a Super Bowl or you know win some playoff games. Now the Browns, uh, I have him as a potential landing spot because of the defensive line. Again, uh, the Browns have really good defensive line and Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney coming off the edges. Uh, again, I think uh, uh, the Browns are another team that really needs help in the interior and that's where they're going to get the help with Fletcher Cox. Um, and I think uh, the Browns could definitely be the more aggressive team here. Uh, to try and trade for him because he is a little bit of an older player They could probably get a low price for him right now um, And that could definitely bolster their defensive line and I think it will really help their defense Get off the field and you know give the ball to the offense, you know to s score some points so uh, I do have the Browns uh, kind of getting this trade a little bit more over uh, the Raiders just because I think the Browns really want some more help uh, on the defense line, and they want it more than the Raiders, so I got the Browns uh, trying to trade for Fletcher Cox. Now, another player that could be traded is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, we all know that he uh, requested a trade from the Browns two years ago, um, and then he got injured, uh, and now it kind of looks like the Browns are kind of trying to ship him off somewhere, and he is injury-prone again, so... Uh, he could be at a really low price, and I have him going to the 49ers or Saints. Now, looking at it from the 49ers' perspective, the 49ers, they have Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk. They have a really good uh, wide receiver core, I think, a really young wide receiver core. So getting OBJ could definitely help that. Uh, getting Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, whichever quarterback they plan on starting, uh, they're getting him. They're getting get them more weapons uh, with the trade of Odell Beckham Jr. So I do think it's going to be really good for the 49ers to get him. Um, but I'm not too sure if they're going to be uh, really committed to trying to trade right now. Now, another team that really needs help in the wide receiver market uh, is the Saints. Now, the Saints, uh, they obviously have Michael Thomas injured. He is coming back soon. Um, and then also, they just don't really have any wide receivers kind of that are really that good um, besides Michael Thomas really in the depth chart. So getting Odell Beckham Jr., I think, will be an aggressive move, a move that they need to make 
to uh, stay in the playoffs. Uh, I think the Saints are a really good team. I just think they need more weapons on offense, and they also just need to run the ball a little bit more. So uh, I do see the Saints kind of getting more aggressive for this trade. Uh, so I do have OBJ going to the Saints possibly before uh, the trade deadline, but the 49ers are also a team that I would not be surprised if they traded for OBJ. Now, another player that could be shipped off before the trade deadline is Miles Jack. And I remember uh, talking about him before the season started uh, because he did look like he's going to be traded. And he's a really good uh, uh, defensive lineman. And I think the, or not lineman, uh, linebacker. So uh, I do think Jacksonville does need a little bit more of a rebuild. Um, and Miles Jack, he's a good player, but I think now that they're trying to go into a rebuild, they're going to try and ship him off. And the two teams that have him getting shipped to are two AFC North teams, uh, the Ravens or the Bengals. Now, the Ravens really need help on the defense, especially the linebacker position. Uh, they need help run stopping, so definitely getting Miles Jack here will really help them. Uh, both on getting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. Now looking at it from a Bengals perspective, the Bengals, again, uh, they really have a decent defense. They just are kind of depending on Jesse Bates to stop anything uh, that is passing related. So definitely getting Miles Jack will really help the team. Now if they trade for both Xavier Howard and Miles Jack, uh, the Bengals, I think, would be set for the for the Super Bowl, the playoffs. I don't really know, but if they get Xavier Howard and Miles Jack, uh, pair that with Jesse Bates, that's going to be a really good Bengals team. So uh, I think the Bengals are in a good position to make a lot of moves before the trade deadline. Uh, just because of their record, the way they look now, uh, many players are going to be wanting to go to them. Um, and also their they have their they they have a lot of draft capital, so I do think many teams will also be looking to trade with them. So, uh, I think the I got the Bengals going more aggressive on this trade just because of uh, how much they look uh like a team. They look really good, and I think they're gonna want to win now, uh, and not wait for Joe Burrow to possibly get injured again or Jamar Chase to you know not uh pro- uh have much production. So. Uh, I think making some of these moves, I think the Bengals are definitely going to be going over uh, Miles Jack, uh, possibly before the trades, the trade deadline. Uh, now, another trade that could possibly happen before the trade deadline is Will Fuller. And now, Will Fuller, he's coming off of a suspension uh, for a PED violation, um, and uh, that what that did really uh, hurt the Dolphins there. But he came back. Uh, he did pretty good, but then he gets injured in the game against the Raiders. Um, and I'm not too sure when he's going to be coming back. Uh, he has a broken finger, so I'm not uh, sure when he's going to come back. But I do see the Packers or Chiefs trying to trade for him. Now looking into the Packers' perspective, the Packers really need wide receivers. Uh, they need some you know they need some players that Aaron Rodgers wants um and I think Will Fuller he's a he's a weapon and I think that'll be really good for the Packers defense uh they got Devontae Adams who's kind of had a down year but uh he's still putting up a lot of numbers uh Randall Cobb who came back to the Packers he's done 
uh, pretty good things for him. Uh, Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, they haven't really done much for the offense, so I think trading for Will Fuller would be a really good idea for the Packers. Get Aaron Rodgers some more weapons, and um, even if he does leave, you're, you're going to have weapons. Uh, so I think we'll, and if Devonta Adams leaves as well, so Will Fuller could be a really nice backup plan for, uh, if both Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams, uh, leaves after the season. Now, the next team I have them going to is the Chiefs and the Chiefs look like they really need help, uh, with the wide receiver core. Uh, Tyreek Hill hasn't really been doing much. McCall Hardman hasn't been doing much. Pringle hasn't really done much. I think the loss of Sammy Watkins really has affected that, so uh, getting Will Fuller will definitely help them. They just got uh, Josh Gordon uh, coming off of his uh, suspension uh, for marijuana use, so uh, I think getting Will Fuller for them will definitely help them uh, try and uh, get that. So uh, I'm not I'm not sure if the Chiefs will go for it. Uh, but I do think the Packers are going to be the team to be more aggressive on getting Will Fuller. Now, a player I think could be traded coming out of Pittsburgh is Joe Hayden. Now, uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers got Joe Hayden about two or three years ago, uh, so he is relatively new to the team, uh, but I do think he's going to be traded. He hasn't really shown uh, much on defense, uh, so I do have him either going to the Cowboys or or the Titans. Now looking at the Joe Hayden move to the Cowboys, the Cowboys look really good. They already have a thriving defense, so getting Joe Hayden in there would be a really good idea, um, especially with Trayvon Diggs. Now, Trayvon Diggs is a really mixed cornerback. He has the most pass yards, I believe, allowed in the league, um, and then also he has the most interception so uh it is kind of a mixed bag with him so if you do get joe hayden you're gonna be able to limit uh, the amount of yards that the opposing offense can get and you're going to be able to kind of shorten the field for uh any team you're playing against uh with getting joe hayden and then you have joe hayden and trayvon days on both sides that'll be kind of a nightmare for defenses so i do think the cowboys getting joe hayden would be a really good idea um and I'm not sure if they're going to be aggressive with it because of the amount of cash base that they do have. And then also uh, just they might be comfortable with having uh, the defense that they have right now. But Joe Hayden would definitely be a really good pickup for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now the next team I can see Joe Hayden going to uh, is the Tennessee Titans. Now the Titans, they definitely need help on defense and uh, getting Joe Hayden, I think, would be their first step for them because they have a really good offense. I just think that they're uh, depending on the offense a little too much, and they definitely need some help on the defense. They need to stop teams from allowing as many points as they have been. So uh, I think getting Joe Hayden would be the first step for their defense and improving their defense. Now, another player that I can see uh, being moved is Devontae Parker, a wide receiver coming out of uh, the Dolphins organization. Now, the Par- uh, now Devontae Parker has, uh, last year he had a 1,200-yard uh, season, which was really good. Uh, he, he was really good uh, this past uh, season, but this year he has shown a decline, um, and he's also injury, or injured, so that does make him injury-prone. So I do have the 49ers or Colts possibly trading for him. Now, if you look at the Colts' uh, point of view, 
they need some weapons. T.Y. Hilton is out right now, uh, which I'll, yeah, he's just out right now. So that would be really tough for the uh, Colts to kind of regroup from. Um, and then, uh, I mean, also their wide receiver core isn't that strong. So I do think they need to get some more weapons for Carson Wentz. And uh, the Colts recently haven't really been too aggressive on making really big moves, but they did get Carson Wentz, um, and they are looking to ship Marlon Mack, so they could work out a deal with the Dolphins and Marlon Mack uh, and for Devontae Parker, which I think would be a pretty good trade because the Dolphins do need some run help. They already have Miles Gaskin, and the league kind of has transferred into a two-back uh, two running game, so uh, I do think having uh, Marlon Mack would help uh, the Dolphins a lot, so maybe this trade could work out for both teams. Uh, now looking back at it, Colts could uh, be more of the aggressors compared to the 49ers. Now looking at the 49ers point of view, like I said with OBJ, uh, you know, they're really young wide receiver core. I do think they just need more weapons and trading for Devontae Parker would be a good decision, but I do think now looking at what the Colts have to offer and uh, you know, Marlon Mack's already been said to possibly be shipped off. The uh, The Colts might be a little bit aggressive on trying to get Devontae Parker. Um, now, with the next player that I think could be shipped is Evan Ingram coming out of the Giants. Um, and uh, I have him going possibly to the Vikings or the Titans. Now, Evan Ingram is only just 27 years old uh, so far. Uh, he has 14 catches for 127 yards, and the Giants really uh, aren't really going anywhere. They have a 1-5 record. I think now's the time to kind of re try and rebuild that receiver core, and I think, or not receiver core, but just kind of get rid of Evan Ingram because he hasn't really been doing much for the team. Uh, they have D uh, Darius Slayton, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Kenny Galladay, which are three players that have been uh, doing really good for them. So I do think uh, kind of getting rid of Evan Ingram will help them a lot. Uh, now, they did lose. Uh, the Vikings could trade for Evan Ingram now that they've just lost Kyle Rudolph, um, and Conklin doesn't really look at, uh, like the best tight end, so uh, they could be looking for a speedy wide receiver, which Evan Ingram is. Uh, now looking at the Titans' perspective, Titans, uh, they just lost Jonu Smith uh, to the Patriots in the offseason, so I don't think uh, he's uh, you know that good of a talent. Uh, so... You know, the Titans did kind of lose the tight end there. So uh, I think getting Evan Ingram will definitely help the Titans offense. And I do see the Titans uh, being the more aggressive team here uh, trying to get Evan Ingram. And the last player that I have that could possibly be shipped off uh, before the trade deadline, I have Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon is coming out of uh, Denver. Uh, and I have the Bills, I think, as the only team that could possibly be trading for him. Uh, I did have the Cardinals on the list, but I did realize that they have a pretty good run core, so I don't really think the Cardinals would be going after him. But the Bills, the Bills offense, especially their run game, I think definitely needs help. Devin Singletary uh, only had nine, nine points last week. Uh, he didn't really do good. That Bills run game was just horrible against the Titans last week. And I definitely think uh, they need more help with the run game. So getting Melvin Ingram 
uh, is would be a really good fit. And for some more news going over the NFL, Baker Mayfield will need off-season surgery on his left shoulder, mainly because of the torn labrum. And then now uh, another x-ray has shown that he has a fractured shoulder. So uh, he has a really bad left shoulder. I'm not sure if he's going to be starting uh, the, the rest of the season. Uh, the Browns did definitely uh, squeak away with a win against the Broncos uh, with Case Keenum starting and uh, I'd probably keep Case, Case Keenum in uh, unless he doesn't look that good and you can probably put Baker Mayfield back in but um, this this shoulder injury will definitely uh, try uh, to or this left shoulder injury will uh, definitely be hard to come back from if you are Baker Mayfield uh, or at least if you currently have one it's going to be really hard to play with it so I do think the Browns are going to be starting Case Keenum um, for the rest of the season, possibly. I'm not sure if he is going to play more, but I do have Baker Mayfield. I think it would be smart for the Browns to bench Baker Mayfield uh, because of this left shoulder injury. And that'll be all for today's episode. Thank you for listening all the way through if you are on any podcast apps or watching all the way through if you're on YouTube. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.